0: together again pop apologists welcome to pop apologists we're your hosts lauren and chandler where we deliver all the celebrity news uh, another pop culture podcast um i have to oh tell you gosh. that i'm right what? now pretty oiled up i'm pretty slick um i did i, I did a new self-tanner routine and i was gonna say has ben there <laughs> no he's not here but you know he will be reaping the rewards soon enough <laughs> <laughs> oh i hate myself <laughs> um so this is what we've resorted to this podcast (laughs) is basically prostitution okay (laughs) oh gosh well i hope you bleep that out
1: um but anyways i'm not
0: going to i'm like i think i'm starting to get it on my white couch which is not a great look it's not a great it doesn't really feel very adult or you don't feel like an adult when your self-tanner gets on your white couch yeah, I'm there. I am extremely, I mean, sorry to tell you this, but I'm extremely careful. Like, I put on dark sweatpants and then I really down a towel on my couch before I like sit down mm-hmm. on it. Well, do you just like throw on shorts and then go I have, jump on the couch? I have been sitting in shorts, but I did switch to pants because I have a meeting with somebody important. So I was like, okay. But yeah, <sighs> all I'm saying is that I, I need to be more careful because I'm blowing it what? right now with this Facebook okay, marketplace. So- use couch I have. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is actually an important question. Is it before you've showered? Like, has it set in, you've showered, and well, then you sit on your couch? or is So it- right now I'm using the Tan Luxe Drops, body drops, okay? Uh-huh. So I can't shower. I mean, I, I would assume I can't shower for eight hours. Okay. So it's before you shower. Before showering, correct. Yeah. Yeah. So after showering, obviously, I will sit on my couch um, with no sort of barrier. But sure. yeah, Chen. Get some protection between you and the and the couch it's after true. tanning. that's it's my that's my absolutely advice. true is to use protection. Um okay. Well now that we've gotten all of our innuendos out of the way, how's your week? I mean, this basically is an R-rated pa- this basically you is did. an R-rated podcast after our last Patreon. You refer to it as an adult podcast. <laughs> well, if the shoe fits, Freudian slip. <laughs> um my week has been it's been good. I will tell you, I had a metamorphosis of sorts. Um, oh gosh, here comes I'm the butterfly narrative about. all over again. But wow, I love it when your sister believes in you, <laughs> and she wants to see you grow and succeed and flourish. Like, oh great, here honestly, comes the butterfly narrative again. <laughs> you can keep me abreast to about seventy-five percent less of your uh, evolving. Okay. Uh well, should I get it? Should I launch into that, or do you want to talk yeah. about? No, let, yeah, and then I go can, for yeah, it? yeah. Okay, well. Hold on one second, sorry, Car. All right. Well, sorry, Lauren. Let me let me try and find my zen. Let's hear about your butterfly narrative, your metamorphosis, your Hilary Duff album. Okay. So this is what happened, Chandler. You know me. I am a woman who has many phases, especially aesthetic phases. Okay? Right, right, right. Which is why I'm asking to be involved in less of them. <laughs> As we, as everyone knows on this podcast, I um, Kagan hates my style. <laughs> he <laughs> hate, he hates everything I wear, and that's nice and expensive in my closet, essentially, right. unless it's made by Dom Maurice Bailey, in which case he actually loves it. It's a very strange phenomenon. Everything anyway that, that you send in a group text to Courtney and I and say, "Should we buy this?" that we then send a resounding yes to, Kagan sounds a resounding no to oh, oh, he no, he, he'll say, is that a joke? Um, that's, that's, that's what he says when I show him stuff. Anyway, um, I decided like three weeks ago, I was like, I'm going to make a concerted effort to restyle my vibe around Kagan's likes. Ugh, I was this is, like, and, this is- And just like that, feminism is completely dead. <laughs> All the work of Betty for Dan and everyone who's gone before us, just completely gone. Women might as well stop voting. I mean, with that kind of capitulation, and the nineteenth amendment um, crumbles. Ah, <laughs> uh, so I know, I know, you guys will find this to be um, a true surrender to yeah. some sort of bizarre internalized We're lose misogyny because of this. I hope you know. But okay, I, for me though, here's the thing: he does me the favor of not wearing swim trunks and sandals hundred percent of the time, <laughs> and so I feel like. I actually have style requests from him. Like, I like pants. I like shoes. I like a button down. And and so I just thought, you know what? I want him to be as attracted to me as possible. And it might behoove me to return the favor. Whatever. This is what we call engaged people. This is what we call the shit is not legally locked down. Right, right. So, of course, I dove headfirst into my new aesthetic. Which is? And I ordered... Cut-offs? An irresponsible amount of clothes, okay, okay on my credit card. Mm-hmm, I created mm-hmm. a Pinterest board with my new vibe. Wow. Wow. Outfit ideas. And here's the thing. I didn't want to do cutoffs in a t-shirt because I didn't like basically completely capitulating. Okay. Um, and I wanted to be, have like an elevated style. So I thought, okay, I'm going to eschew, you know, the realm of florals and frills. And I'm going to embrace a very streamlined, sleek, classic aesthetic, Okay. Think Audrey Hepburn, think Calvin Klein, Ralph Lauren, modern, minimalistic, okay? Like clean slacks, silk spaghetti strap camis, low buns, crisp white shirts and white denim shorts, just a little more elevated, simple, refined, classic, timeless. Do you need another adjective or are we good? I've got the vision and you can just send me the link to the printed board later on (laughs) that I won't look at perfect <laughs> okay so i i'm like okay i'm gonna refashion my entire identity around this new vibe you know i work in finance this is how you're dressing anyway um oh. <laughs> so i bought a i bought a few things from the local mango mango here mm-hmm. and okay. and then i also did a huge order from zara because zara is actually like Hot on blazers right now and all that kind of stuff and slacks right. and all of that it's very in.
1: Mm-hmm. So I
0: so I I spent an irresponsible amount of money on a bunch of stuff from from those two right. shops. Well, you, got, you have to create your own try on experience, which is what yeah, You, you have always to cra- say. create your create your virtual closet, right? Um, and I always think if I can have a whole new wardrobe for you know x amount of dollars, it's really an investment in my future identity. Well, the funny thing about that sentiment is that it's x amount of dollars. So it's like, if I can have a whole new wardrobe for three million dollars, you know, that's really an <laughs> investment. <laughs> I'm just, just trying not to divulge the actual amount because I feel like I, I just am not, I just do not want the review that's like right. oh, I love this podcast until I mean, she l- mentioned. L- let's also not forget that it's going on a credit card. So, you know, it's not like she's, you know, is paying cash. And no it's offense. Zara. Okay. Yeah. So it can't be that much. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so this is my journey. I I do the huge orders from Zara. And I go to the local mall because I need to start dressing like this immediately, immediately. Of course. Of course. So. EOD. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, you know, I get a few outfits to get me by until my packages get here. And um, okay. So the one thing about Puerto Rico is it takes a solid week, at least for things to get here, maybe 10 days. Um, and so I start wearing my new outfits and somehow they just start to make me feel like ridiculously overdressed in a different way. Well, are like you the- working from your sectional most days? Well, I actually have an office now. I've set oh. up an office. I don't know if you know this. Oh, yes, that's true. Um, okay. It's in your house, but you do have an office space. Yeah, I don't, I, and I don't dress like this for our apartment. It's more just like, okay, what do we go out and do? We go to a friend's house locally that lives right by the beach and we go to a barbecue. Like, we go out to dinner. Like, and for out to mm-hmm, dinner, mm-hmm. it felt fine. But like, really, socially, we're really just like hanging out at someone's house and everyone just goes to the beach and then goes back to their house. Or it's like a little get together and everyone is dressed so casually. And even in these looks, I still felt overdressed, which makes sense for the record. Yeah. And you so it's like, like a vacation destination. I just didn't feel like a Ralph Lauren model. I felt like, like a wannabe, like senior accountant. Does that make right. sense? Yeah, bank you know? manager vibes. <laughs> exactly. So what did you do? So of course I take I get my packages and by the time my packages get here, I've moved on from this identity. Good. Good. So I do the walk of shame back to my local Zara to return everything. Because I didn't want to mail it back, lest the charge not get credited back to my credit card immediately. Um, of course, of course. You need yeah, the cash
1: it. immediately I, liquefied and available
0: I need, to use. I, I need that balance down before my payments do, is really what it is. And let me tell you, it's not really no good deed goes unpunished, but no new identity goes unpunished. Because, first of all, the line to get into Zara is a full 30 minutes mm-hmm. at the mall here. Then when I'm in Zara, the actual line to the register is another 30 minutes. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Okay. In a mask, no doubt. In a mask. Are you feeling fainty? That's usually when I start to feel fainty. I never feel fainty after exercise, but it's always when I'm in the mall. Always when you're in the mall, you've, like, tried on a few things. You're like, I've never been more exhausted. Yeah. Um, Okay, so – the girl looks at me with death in her eyes because I probably have a total of like 25 items I'm returning, like two huge boxes, okay? She was so mad. Like I've never experienced more like like silent rage from a retail employee. And having worked in customer service at a restaurant, I Mm -hmm. actually very much understand and totally was like apologizing all over myself. You're the worst type of person. Yeah, I'm in this an scenario. An humanity, humanity. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I kid you not, she took a full, maybe, maybe 50, 55 minutes, at least 45 minutes to return everything. Like, she took each thing out, slowly examined it to see if I'd worn it, you know. Actually, I would hey. this this was better for her because she could just slowly do this one job, you know, and wouldn't have to, like, run up the stairs to, like, go, like, restock something. Well... No, because because she was at the cashier and there was like a long line behind, or she was at the cash register and there was a long line behind me. So she would just been ringing up people regardless. But she was like trying to punish me. I kid oh, okay. you not. Okay. She would take each thing out. She would examine it as oh, if good. she's like, she's like like at the I don't know like the some some impressive place in Washington examining the, the Declaration of Independence. Okay, yeah, she's literally like examining it like it's like a, a Lincoln artifact or something. Uh, you know, for authenticity. Okay. And then she takes, she, and then she puts on each sensor, which somehow takes a really long time. There's like three hand gestures involved with the sensor putting on. Then, I mean, it's as long as this description. She, is this feeling long? Because it was really long. She puts each thing on a hanger. You know, it's not like, oh, I can Put it up, put it in a pile. Someone else hang it up. No, no. Each thing has to go on a hanger. Oh, we have five things here. I'm going to go put it in the back room. So it literally was like so long. Anyway, I felt like a total a-hole. And the people in back of me were also giving me death stares. And like their their angry eyes were like burning into the back of my skull. And I was like literally one of these customers or this employee like is going to end my life. Of course. Um, I truly – Truly felt punished. And I that's my story of the week. And I've learned my lesson. And, you know, my next new identity, I'm mailing back the returns. That's my uh, advice. Well, honestly, you should do that because Amazon never questions you when you when you drop it off at the UPS store. The UPS employees don't care. I don't know where you've been, but the UPS stores and in, in the city I used to live in hate me. All the employees at them. Well, my mine love me. They literally like shout for joy when I walk in the door. Wow! Yeah, I do have to tell you about a funny uh, joke I heard, or not not a joke, but a uh, a program that we've we've been using that we've been employing, Um, a program that we've been participating in unwilling, unknowingly. We weren't, we didn't know the late, a program we've been participating in unknowingly. Okay, you know what it's called, Lauren? What? Amazon Rentals. (laughs) Wait. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, continue. This is uh, the, the process of buying things from Amazon and then returning them promptly after seeing them if you, after one use if you like them. Um, this was a, a phrase coined by some friends of mine. So I just want everyone to know that what you're doing, we see it, and it's called Amazon Rentals, okay? So, so clearly I'm not the only person and you are not the only person. No, absolutely not. Um, okay, but I will say with my Amazon rentals that things are returned in new condition. Yes, mine are, and always, are unused. Mine are always returned in like new condition. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's always brand new. One or two New uses. without tags. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, what are your friends renting from Amazon? I, I'm not going to. That's I'm not going to give Throw up under the bus. Yeah, I'm not. That's the little phrase. I'm. That um I'm not going to give up that type of information that makes them liable by law. But um yeah. Hmm. All, all sorts of things. What are their names and socials and addresses? In case Jeff Bezos is listening. Oh, no problem. Okay, here we go. The first one is <laughs> You know what they say? Give people an inch and they'll take a mile. It's true. Honestly, this is we are the face of the American consumer. Sue us. Please actually please don't sue me. I please just paid a lot of money us. in taxes. Please don't sue me. Oh my gosh. Now that you've paid your taxes, can I stop hearing about how you have this tax bill coming up? Well, did you have to pay a lot of money in taxes, Lauren? I've had to pay like a thousand bucks before in taxes. Well, luckily, uh, it wasn't that much, but you know, it was a lot of money for me. <laughs> I just once it's put so zero cheap- on my W 2. Oh my and
2: gosh. And so I
0: took as much as possible. I didn't like put down anything. And so then, anyway, at the Idiot. end of the year, I owed like $1,000 oh, like three years ago. I still right. feel it. Good. Good as you should. <laughs> okay, what's been going on with you? Um, I have found a place to live in New York City. You have. I have. I have. I've scored an incredible situation. Um, and I feel like completely at ease about me living there now. I'm going Oh my
3: gosh. I'm going to be such a relief, I'm sure.
0: I've been literally combing through Craigslist and every Facebook group known to man um Mm -hmm. to try and find a viable option. And it was really bleak. Um, but I've been lucky enough to find a cute couple who are actually relocating to our hometown, San Clemente, for the summer. Um And they want someone to sublet and just sort of keep an eye on their place. So I will be living uh, in a very cute building in Midtown, New York City. I don't know if Midtown is an actual town. So I'll be living in a cute bedroom in the neighborhood of Midtown in New York City. I can't wait. Uh, Are you? (laughs) Um, You sound like Lou Man. I know. Uh... Can you believe it, girls? And then I'll 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 be be going to the cabaret. Can you believe it, girls? I've got an apartment in Midtown. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the super is friends with the doorman or i don't know um <laughs> it's got a gym and a sauna does it really it does actually oh my wait yeah. is it like a nice apartment building it's a nice apartment building i <gasps> like i said i honestly until i get there i'm going to think that i'm being duped but i actually think it's real because i've talked like to a, them on the phone a ritzy new york experience yeah yeah or at least just not a craigslist new york experience so i'm Are they very going- fortunate and they're staying in San Clemente? hmm Yeah. Do you know them at all or no? Mm-mm. Just through mutual friends. Wow. Yeah. You scored. That's I amazing. I scored big. Yeah. But it's – it's like I think it's it's probably beneficial to them to know that someone's at their place that they know of like loosely um, and it's only for two months. So like it's not for the year or anything. How does that work? Like are they like, hey, we – are they going to like – like do you sleep in their sheets? Do you buy a new set of sheets? I think I'm going to try and just like, you know, put all their stuff neatly somewhere like, as far as, like, bedding and stuff goes and just use my own. Yeah, I kind of feel like that's the, that's the one thing that feels too personal. Like, I just yeah. feel like I would probably not sleep in anyone's sheets or not have anyone sleep in mine. Totally, totally. I'll be using okay, Amazon Rentals for those sheets. Oh, Chandler. Actually, <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> Yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Lightly used like after two new. months. Like new. <laughs> like new after well, I had two had months to- of use. I had to take the tags off to try them out totally and i i've been sleeping on them for two months and so they're not comfortable i just realized <laughs> they're not what i expected <laughs> not in midtown not up to midtown not standards up to midtown standards <laughs> these sheets in midtown new york it's honestly not absolutely what people say. not people are so annoyed because it's, it's like i'm just in the neighborhood of like it's the midtown area i'm, I'm sorry worried, everybody so annoyed. well because it's just like that's not what you say like i feel like people are already weird and like you know san francisco it's not the bart it's bart you know, in New York. It's not midtown New York. It's just like you live in New York and you're, you know, in midtown. I can already feel it. I can feel the heat. Oh my gosh. From our like coastal elites. The coastal elite listeners stand down, simmer down. Right. I'm going to, I'll get my bearings. Gosh, getting very, very hoity-toity with the nomenclature. Seriously. Uh, That's about it though. Should we get into our interview? Yes, you guys, today we have such a great interview with Ariel Laurie of the Blonde Files podcast. Chandler, what did you think of this interview? It was amazing. She's incredible. I feel so lucky that we got to like chat with her. Really like such a thoughtful, like wonderful person. Such a thoughtful, wonderful person. And it's just, it's pretty juicy, you guys. Like yeah. I feel like there's so many things we get into that people can relate to, like things into dieting and mm-hmm. and like inside celebrity secrets. Plastic surgery. It's a really fun interview. So I'm super excited for you guys to listen to it and let us know what you think. Buckle in, Love baby. You. Love you. Buckle in. Okay, Chandler, do you remember when I first tried to do designs for the episode like outlines or previews? Yes, it's it's the memories there. I don't like to unearth it often, but it's there. You guys, I I worked really hard on like a IG story because I wanted I wanted a teaser that you that had all the topics written down and it wasn't like multi-slide. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um it, it I said it, it was sent it you, She was like, Is this the final design? Do you think we should find a designer? <laughs> Fast forward, okay, I didn't tell Chandler about what I did next. Fast forward a couple weeks later, I remembered, oh my gosh, I should use Canva Pro. I've been using Canva for years. And I have to tell you, now that I'm on Canva Pro, my design skills are truly next level. Canva Pro is the easy to use design platform that has everything you need to design like a pro. No, I'm serious, you guys. I sent the new design to Chandler and she was like, do you remember your reaction? I think there were some all caps involved. Yes, exactly. It was like, this looks amazing. And you would have thought I had hired a graphic designer, but no. Canva Pro has everything you need in one place, including a collection of over 75 million premium photos, videos, audios, and graphic. My favorite Canva Pro feature is the video component. I'm trying to up our video game, trying to get us on TikTok, trying to get this pod off the ground. And I know video matters so much. And Canva Pro, you can edit high quality videos in Canva Pro. It's truly amazing. Amazing and is there for all of your design needs. There's truly no idea or project too big or too small for Canva Pro. When one of the things that I love about it is just how easy it is to like get around and like use and learn the tools. Like I feel like with a lot of design software, it takes so long to just learn how to use it. And like there, I I literally straight up just logged in one time and just messed around and was able to like make a perfectly great design in like 20 minutes. Like it's that so is... intuitive and easy. Such a good point. Yeah. It's not like other software Mm -hmm. where you have to literally like you have to take a software course. Yeah. You don't have to get a Coursera course to learn Canva Pro. You guys, you just have to sign up and you're off to the races. Design like a pro with Canva Pro. Right now, you can get a free 45-day extended trial when you use our promo code. Just go to canva.me slash pop to get your free 45-day extended trial. That's C-A-N-V-A dot M-E slash pop. Canva dot slash pop. Canva's the best. All right, this is a very exciting moment for our podcast because we are having a not just an influencer. There's so much more to Ariel, but we are having Ariel Laurie on the podcast of the extremely popular podcast, The Blonde Files. Welcome, <laughs> Ariel.
2: Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Oh,
0: uh, we are so excited to have you. I have been following you for, I would say, since 2016, actually. Yeah.
2: Oh my god, cringe. I, I
0: am an OG. So I I have loved seeing your evolution. So I kind of Thank want to tell you. our listeners listeners a little bit about like what I've seen, what I've witnessed and then kind of get your take on how you began your account and all of that. And basically the journey you've been on. So when I first started following you, you were also flailing your body across, you know, (laughs) gyms and going into cardiac arrest regularly in order to complete bikini body guide BBG workouts. Um, And you had these insane before and after pictures um, and you you have really evolved so much. And instead of focusing on like weight loss or becoming more toned, now your focus is really on like science based approaches, reason based approaches to wellness to transcendental meditation, to intuitive eating, to fitness, and you would deliver such high quality content. And anyway, I could like wax on and on, but I just love, like I love what you're doing. And thank you so much for coming on the show.
2: Thank you so much. I I'm, I'm so grateful that you stuck with me because <laughs> 2016 me, I mean, I look back sometimes, not often, I've actually gone back to archive all those before and after posts. And when I see like what I was posting back then, I'm just like, Oh, God, I mean, I, I thought I was doing the right thing. And like, you know, I started this account as kind of my like, quote, unquote, fitness journey. And now, like you said, it's completely different. But back then I was just like, oh, like I just need to get abs and like not eat gluten and dairy and sugar and soy and corn. And like, (laughs) it's like, you know, just these really extreme wellness things like BBG, which, you know, some Mm -hmm. people do. And it's great. And I still do it once in a while. But I was very like rigid about all of it. Um, and I thought that that way was kind of the only way. So yeah, I've come a long way.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was it was truly the time of like – and one of the things I've heard you say before on your own podcast is you felt like you were – like you look back and you realize like I was actually just posting photos of myself thin and then really thin. And that was like not exactly the message I realized I wanted to be putting into the world.
2: I feel like if I did that now, I would be like canceled. <laughs> oh, really? I don't know. I mean, I just – I it's not bad to want to get in shape, right? But I just think that like the emphasis on the body, like so much emphasis on the body and, and what I looked like and mm-hmm. you know, starting with a body that was already really small, like it just mm-hmm. wouldn't really fly in this day and age. And I think people still do. I mean, and you can be proud of getting in shape and toning up and all of that, but um, that was like my only shtick at the time.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was definitely like the era of those insane bbg before and afters and i was also doing it and like trying to get my own essentially um and so it is interesting how like everything has shifted and your approach to your own like body and fitness and eating has totally shifted i would love for you to tell our listeners about that experience and like kind of the journey you've been on Cue frames, beautiful, sleek, modern, so you can just hang your gallery wall and it's good to go. They make it very easy on a lay person like yourself. Everyone, see why FrameBridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit FrameBridge.com or a local FrameBridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything. That's FrameBridge.com. Lauren, as we made our descent into New York, you know, from our beloved Guana Island trip, mm. I got excited thinking about
2: Yeah, you know, I get asked this a lot. And there wasn't just one thing that kind of like changed or that I realized overnight. I think that in a similar fashion that happened with my drug and alcohol addiction is like I, I hit rock bottom with that kind of rigidity when it came to fitness and like my diet and all of that. And I got to a point where I was just miserable. And I look back at pictures now and I was like a rail, you know, I was the leanest that I had ever been in my life. And I truly did not see that reflected in the mirror. I just saw more things that I had to perfect. And I was like cutting my calories lower and lower. And it was very, the whole thing was just very disordered, very toxic. Um, and I got to a point where like I had no energy to even work out anymore. I had gut issues. My hormones were out of whack. And so I i couldn't do it anymore. Like my body was not allowing me to do it anymore. And so I hit rock bottom just like I hit rock bottom before I got sober. And that's just kind of the person that I am, like, I have to get to that point before I'm willing to try a different way. Yeah, and and, like change my lifestyle. And so for pretty much a year, I really couldn't work out, I didn't have energy, I could go for walks, and, you know, maybe do some light Pilates and stuff. But really, I had to like, kind of reevaluate, reevaluate everything in my life. And that's when I started meditating and just learning how to like, slow the F down (laughs) yeah (laughs) and you know I just kind of stopped caring like I kind of I was doing a solo episode last week and I was like I think part of this is kind of age too like getting into my 30s I just don't care as much about what my body looks like I'm interested in different things not to sound like better than or like holier than now but I just like I have so many other things going on in my life whereas at that point a couple years ago that was it and it was the time of like bbg and the social media landscape was so different and like the goal was to get on Kayla's page and like, and everyone was doing it, you know, so it wasn't just me. Yeah. Um, And and now it's very different. So, uh, you know, and I'm also like, I kind of care more what my face looks like. That's my my like, (laughs) 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 my body, my body. I'm like, yeah, whatever. It's fine. Totally.
0: Yeah. I mean, I just remember like, it's funny. I just remember back in the day that that really was the, the way everyone is, at least in the, if you're in that, world it felt like that's how everyone was thinking it was like mm-hmm. get as lean as possible and do these workouts as much as possible and the, the actually like the punishing nature of the workouts given that they're just so much cardio and jumping combined with like extreme dieting. It was a special form of torture back in 2016.
2: A form of torture. And she actually, I don't know if you saw this, but Kayla rebranded BBG like just in the last few weeks, I think. Oh, really? I thought she was going to do it sooner because I mean, we have like just as a culture and like as a society, we have kind of moved towards embracing more body types and right. not, a, not a focus on the body, like more about what your body can do for you. So bikini body guide is like really not aligned with that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I saw a couple of weeks ago, she was like, now that I have a daughter, like I want to, you know, be more inclusive and, and positive and be careful with my language. And so she rebranded it to like high intensity with Kayla. I'm like, yeah, it's still the same torture, <laughs> <laughs> just with, like, a more, like, a, a different name. Right.
0: Well, to your point about, like, not caring as much about what your body looks like, I feel like even now, if, you know, to have a conversation where all you talk about is, like, where I used to be this way, like, all I would talk about is, like, dieting or being, like, skinny and wanting that, like, I feel like that's, like, almost gone out of, like, fashion. Like, you can't really talk like that anymore.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it really has, it really has shifted. I mean, that was. Like 2016, so five years ago, it's shifted and, and it's shifted pretty quickly, which is yeah, interesting. So yeah. I'm curious where it's going to go next.
0: Totally. Cause like at the same time, it, it's not a bad thing to want to like want to lose weight or whatever, but it's just, you know, it's interesting to see how like the pendulum swings.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it always goes from one extreme to another, I think. So, right. you know, there are things that I, I disagree with. Like, I mean, I don't know if I really want to go here because I don't want to get called out for it, but like, I'm all for, you know, embracing all kinds of bodies. But I think that promoting, like I saw a magazine cover a few months ago, I think you guys probably saw it too, where it was like, all bodies are healthy bodies. And it's, this is like, during a pandemic, when people with comorbidities are dying at higher rates of COVID. Mm-hmm. And like, um, you know, like, well, maybe let's not go so far as to say that like, being obese is healthy, you know, mm-hmm. but like, certainly, you can be beautiful and happy and fulfilled like if you have a different body. Mm-hmm. but like maybe not. it's not so healthy
0: sometimes I get kind of like I get into a place where I can feel very much like oh my gosh the culture has gone completely crazy um and you can't even say anything that's like you can't say basic facts anymore without like the risk of your career being taken taken away and then I just like calm down I'm like no like the cultural pendulum just swings right. in the opposite direction really far to get back to a middle ground and that's what I tell myself at least
2: yeah, I think so. I mean, I do think that we're in like an especially heightened place right now because of the past year and everybody being home. And there's just so much be- from politics, which obviously like I'm not going to get into, um, and the pandemic and all of these things happening at once where like there's just so much aggression. Mm-hmm. Um but it is it is scary, you know. Um, I do feel like sometimes I have to watch what I say, and I'm not even talking about anything controversial. But you just never really know.
0: Well, I mean, you can get in trouble for like talking about like like dieting or like wanting to lose weight, and like there actually is a subset of people that would like to lose weight and do feel that they would be happier, healthier people if they lost weight. And I just think it's such an interesting, yeah, like moment where these very basic things are like very taboo to discuss
2: yeah I mean I'm always shocked at what I get called out for I remember I posted I posted my breakfast once which was like a chia pudding and my comment section turned into like a, a really like vicious argument over whether chia is a health food or not whether oh chia is a health food or not and it was like <laughs> what is what is happening you know like you can say that carrots are healthy and people will you know there will be somebody who will tell you that they're the worst um but yeah i mean when it comes to like dieting and weight loss i think that it just depends on the the motive and if it's coming from a healthy place or not. I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to do that and wanting to tone up and wanting to look your best. And obviously, you know, I do a lot of cosmetic procedures and stuff like that. And I'm very open about it, because I don't mm-hmm. think that there's anything wrong with it. You know, like, it's our body, we can do what we want. <clears throat> I just totally. Think, I think that you can tell when it's coming from a negative place and when it's coming when, you know, there's good intention behind it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can know yourself and know whether it's coming from a place that's unhealthy, like what you realized when you said you hit rock bottom, or um, if it's coming from a place of like, no, this is actually because I want to be able to play with my grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Um Um, one of the things that I love about you is that you're very transparent about the fact that yes, you have a, you have a super fit toned body. Um, but you're also very transparent about the fact that that is a lot of the result of genetics. And I remember one time someone asked you like, how do I get your legs? Like I, I want your legs. And you're like, well, my mom has these legs. I think you said your sister has these legs. Like there, just in my family. Sorry, I can't help you. And I just love that transparency so much because I actually feel like there's like a there's definitely a phenomenon of fitness influencers who primarily are just genetically lean people who are selling people fitness programs to try to look mm-hmm. like them when even if they stopped doing their fitness program, they probably would look very close to how they still look. And this is kind of a I don't know. I don't mean to be negative, but it it kind of it's something that I think really infuriates me because I don't love people essentially being like swindled. I would love to know if you have any thoughts on
2: that. I think like 85 to 90% of the fitness influencers fall into that category. Yes. Um, I mean, I and people still DM me almost daily, like, well, how can I lean my legs out? I And I do. I have my mom's exact legs. She's like 67, and we still have the exact same legs. <laughs> I'm like, I couldn't change these no matter how hard I tried. Like, <laughs> this is just, like, this is baseline, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and yeah, nobody talks about that. And you see people, you see fitness influencers, like, how to get a thigh gap? And it's like, well, no you have to genetically have like your hips and your yes. legs in a, in a certain way in order to have a thigh gap. I don't have a thigh gap, you know, like I could never have a thigh gap, Um, but some mm-hmm. people really can. And so, yeah, there's just no transparency, but you said it. It's because like everyone's trying to sell something and that's how you do it.
0: Did you ever, I mean, not that you like thought of it in those terms, but you ever like, damn, I look really good. It's time to get like you know, Malibu body guide going?
2: (laughs) Um, No, I actually did think about, when was it? It was actually after I kind of hit my rock bottom. And when I started doing Pilates and doing embracing kind of like a slower, um, I don't know, gentler approach where I Mm -hmm. was like, nobody is doing this. This is before Melissa Wood Health. And obviously this past year, all kinds of home workouts have blown up and there's Pilates and yoga and everything everywhere. But a couple of years ago, nobody was doing it. And I came to a point where I realized, wait, you don't have to be torturing yourself to see results. And I felt so much better. My energy was so much better. I was so much less inflamed. And I knew that I didn't have the credentials. This is another thing. I think people are getting better about it. But you do see people who aren't fitness instructors. They're not trainers who are selling programs. And it's like, really? Um, right. So I knew that I couldn't do it. I was going to partner with somebody who was a trainer. But then I was like, you know what, that's not my thing. I don't think that like fitness is where I want to take my brand. <laughs>
0: Well, and I, I love that. And one of the other things I love is that you take a really like science-based approach to wellness and you have lots of like very esteemed professionals on your podcast and that do have those credentials and do bring that expertise. And I find it such a refreshing approach to wellness because I get very nauseated by like, like, you know, very thin 22 year olds, like, you know, Telling me about their spiritual experiences with green juice. Like, that's not my idea. Like, I don't care about their wellness journeys, but I love the approach, you know, you have to it.
2: Thank you. Yeah. You know, I think, I think really I got disillusioned with the wellness space. Like, after I kind of, after my bubble was burst Mm -hmm. and I started realizing just how much of it is bullshit. And I can't tell you how many people that I'm kind of like acquaintances with who I have to mute on Instagram because I'm like, I just can't, like, I can't unfollow you because that would be obvious, but I just cannot with what you're posting, you know? And I think that like the wellness space as a whole is really lacking science. I mean, even with Goop, you know, it's like, I I buy stuff from Goop sometimes. And when I hear Gwyneth Paltrow in interviews, I think she's kind of funny and I kind of like her, but I'm like, this is so like anti-science um right and like everyone is just getting like i don't know it's like so many people don't even realize that you know and and i see so many unsubstantiated things and so many different diets and and I just, it's like, I, I wish that I knew what I know now back when I was in that place. And I know that other people are in that position and they're looking for answers and mm-hmm. they're getting lied to.
0: <laughs> right. So right. Exactly.
2: I, so I try to provide, you know, the adult voices in the room, I guess, on the podcast.
0: Yeah. I I mean, i I used to diet like pretty hardcore. I I mean, to the point where I read read this, like, I followed this lady called Natalia Rose, and she's all about, like, basically only drinking green juice and then eating a raw salad at night. And I was so, like, dedicated to this lifestyle that I lugged a juicer around Europe with me when I was 19. Literally in her checked bag. Like, I was so ready to transcend, you know, all, like, worldly desires and achieve this higher level through the green juice and through this, like, lifestyle she was preaching. Anyway, I remember that I had this realization. I think it took me to my late 20s. But I was like, you know what? I've actually basically been within the same 10 pounds, like, my whole adult life. Like, no matter what new thing I'm doing – I basically stay at homeostasis. And I was like, whoa, like, I actually don't need to be so rigid. And so, my question for you is I would love to know about your kind of like, like your experience with intuitive eating, because I think that's something that I actually relaxed into once I had that epiphany that like rigidity wasn't going to really change anything.
2: Yeah, I had that same exact epiphany. And just to, <laughs> I just want to talk about the diet that you did. There was one. I think it was before I did BBG. Maybe you saw this woman. I can't remember her name, but she only ate bananas. Oh, freely, of course. Is that (laughs) her? And I and I was like, oh, I need to just eat bananas. I think I lasted like a day. I mean, it was like so simple, just bananas. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, I do want to say, like, if people drink celery juice and they feel better and they lose weight, like, great. You know, I don't want to like invalidate anybody's experience, but. Um, just putting that out there yeah. as my <laughs> disclaimer, but yeah, so I had the same experience as you. So I was counting macros and I got to the point where I realized how much food I could fit into my macros and not be hungry. So then it just became very easy for me to keep lowering the count and lowering it and lowering it and lowering it because I could eat this certain amount of calories with like high, like high volume food. So I never felt hungry. And the macro thing is really kind of insidious because you get these numbers in your head and it's really hard to get them out of your head. And you know Mm -hmm. how much fat is in, you know, a handful of almonds and you know how much carbs are in quarter cup of pasta, whatever. So you just have this hyper awareness. And this really crazy thing happens when you're doing that, where you feel like if you eat over your macro count, whatever you've allotted yourself, like you're going to blow up or something. So I really stopped trusting my body. You know, it was Mm -hmm. this complete disconnect where all of the trust was gone. And so when I stopped counting macros, which was kind of a gradual thing, I had the same experience with you or as you did where I was like, oh, yeah, I, you know, I fluctuate maybe three to five pounds, no matter what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know that that's not a lot of people's experience and, um, but even the last, like the last couple of months, I haven't really been working out and I've been eating like crazy and I'm like, why do I feel leaner than I was when I was (laughs) working out nonstop? You know, it's just, so having that realization, it did make it easier to embrace kind of intuitive eating, but there was a lot of trial and error because I would kind of intuitively feel like I wanted to eat more than maybe I normally would and then I would realize that I felt like shit and so it took a while to find what really works for me and I still don't do it perfectly by any means but restriction really just became something that um that I stopped doing when I had that realization
0: right it's like the restriction that leads to the obsession which gets like very dicey and scary
2: I had Evelyn Triboli on my podcast, and she wrote the book on intuitive eating like 25 years ago. And she compared it to if you go underwater and you're without air, when you come up from water, you're going to (gasps) go because it's a compensatory thing. So the Mm -hmm. same thing happens when you restrict calories or food or food group or whatever from your body, there's going to be a compensatory response eventually, whether it's that day or a week later. But she said, there was some crazy statistic where like, um, like maybe it was 95 or 98% of diets led to weight gain.
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just can't begin to tell you how many nights I've had that are like, I'm never eating sugar after tonight. <laughs> so I have to eat as much sugar as possible, like in the next three
2: hours. Yeah. Which makes you crazy. Yeah. It really it really does make you crazy. And then you feel like shit when you eat sugar the next day mm-hmm, right. and it's just a terrible cycle. Well but, I, yeah.
0: I... I was like in college and I remember trying to do ketosis and like the amount of peanut butter I consumed because that was all <laughs> I could have. Like, I remember going to a movie with some friends and bringing like my own little personal container of like three tablespoons of peanut butter. Cause I'm like, this is your like dinner slash dessert. It's high protein. <laughs> like, and my oh, friends my thought God. I was absolutely crazy.
2: <laughs> I, was in, I was just on a trip with a girlfriend and we were staying at this bungalow, and so we went to the store, and she was like, I want to get this keto cereal, and I looked at it, and like, and it was so high in fat, but also so high in carb, mm-hmm. and it was called like keto something. I was like, this is not even keto, but so many people are like, oh yeah, I'm doing keto, and you like go and buy that at Airwan or whatever, and it's just, I mean, the diet, like the marketing of food now oh. is crazy. I had a food scientist on my show who was like, there's only like seven or eight GMOs. I'm probably getting this wrong, and people are gonna <laughs> come for me. But there's only a few GMOs, and yet everything is called like non-GMO. That's and it's like, well, yeah, there isn't right. even, even a GMO like coconut. Like, what are you talking about?
0: <laughs> Gosh, that's, that's my favorite. Is when people are like. I, and then they're like, I, I, I don't have any chemicals, no chemicals. And you're like, well, what about dihydrogen monoxide? And they're like, definitely not. Like, that's just water. Like, uh, like, like people are just, I mean, not. I, I don't want to act so above or anything like that, yeah. but I just think it's funny how the what lack of critical thinking, like can come into play. Like when you're seeing a woman, like I totally followed the raw like YouTubers when I was like 19 or whatever back in the day. And, and you would see like, she'd be like, oh my dinner is eight oranges. It's like <laughs> obvi- they're always from Australia. Um, or eight oranges, 10 bananas. Like she just like talking about, she just binges fruit every night. And like no part of me thought that's a lot of sugar. Like what is that doing to her liver? What is that doing to her kidneys?
2: Yeah, it it is kind of a lot of, like, I don't know, gaslighting or brainwashing. I'm not sure what it is. Um, Totally. But, you know, unfortunately, like, I don't know, I feel like anybody, like, there are just so many influencers now and anybody can really say anything. Right. And they'll, and if they have an audience, then obviously that audience is going to want to like emulate things that they do, especially if they like their body or what they look like or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's just so easy to kind of sell a lifestyle now. And so many of them are so crazy. Totally. All right, Chandler, I'm not sure if you are
0: aware, but you know, sometimes I love a glass, not afraid to say it. You really aren't, thankfully. Nothing more stunning than after a long day of reading Us Weekly to pour myself a glass. And let me tell you, my favorite brand right now is Spade and Sparrows. It's funny you say that because I got into a bottle of Spade and Sparrows on Friday with the roommates, all right? Mm. You know, the corporate work week had been especially arduous and, I, you know, I needed to unwind. I needed to take a minute for myself. I needed a restorative pizza night paired with some lovely wine. Yeah. You, you got to lubricate the gears after uh, after grinding all, all week for corporate America. Absolutely. <laughs> I, uh, I sure did. Um, I, you know, I cracked it open with the roommates. I decided to share. I was doing my Christian service. Lauren, not only is it a gorgeous wine, but the bottle is actually very cute as well. So it's perfect for an Instagram story. You know, a boomerang or two might have been had on Friday night. It's beautiful on your counter. Even more stunning on your feed. Yeah. Yes, truly. Spade and Sparrows is available online in the U.S. and Canada, and it's also now available in select liquor stores across Canada, including recently launched at the LCBO in Ontario, as well as select Walmarts in California. Shop online or in-store. Go to www.spadeandsparrows.com to find your closest bottle. Mm, Love it. So good, you guys. Well, one of the other things about you is you are married to a high-powered... Producer, yes, I was there in the emoji days when we didn't know who he was. Um, <laughs> but, but you are you used to she used to cover his face in photos with like an emoji, and so you, we didn't know who who he was. But you're married to Chuck Lorre, a high powered executive producer, so you also have like a front row seat to Hollywood. Yeah, and there, your life is amazing. Um, it's just so incredible to watch. I am dying to know, like. I would love to kind of hear more about that aspect of your life cuz obviously our show is all about celeb gossip. Like what like to start, what would you say is a misconception about Hollywood that you see over and over?
2: Ooh, that's a tough one. I might have to think about that a little bit. I think I think there's just this this like idea that hollywood is all glamour all the time and that people just have these like amazing lives and you know seeing it firsthand every day like celebrities still have to do mundane shit and they're still people and it's not Mm -hmm. all glitz and glamour you know at the end of the day and um and there's a lot of insecurity like so much insecurity especially with the, the women at least that I've seen
0: right, mm-hmm. and
2: it just you know I, I kind of realized like after going to award shows and stuff I'm like oh this is high school and like there's the popular crew and there's like the insecure women who you know are like kind of bullies and there's kind of the jock guys, you know, and it's just like, it's, I don't know, it's so interesting to kind of observe, like, I love being an outsider, married to an insider, because I can still kind of like be on the periphery and just kind of observe it, you know, Mm -hmm. from, from the outside.
0: Yeah. um, One of the things that I loved that you said on your Instagram was that um, like celebrities totally have wrinkles and lines and way more than you'd expect. Um, That might be the
2: biggest misconception, actually. Thank you for bringing that up.
0: (laughs) that That they look like actual humans in real life.
2: That they look like actual humans in real life. And, you know, I think that there are a lot of people who do realize that people in Hollywood have a lot of work done. But I think a lot of these like Stands of like you know celebrities from the Kardashians to the Hadids to whoever are like no they have not that's just called aging and makeup and it's like no honey like this is the best surgeons in the world and like so many procedures and um but yeah you know seeing these right. people in real life like um you know they're just like us
0: it's interesting that you bring up you know the Kardashians I wonder like what your thoughts were around Chloe's picture. That happened a few weeks ago and that craziness.
2: That was crazy. At first, I kind of thought like my initial reaction when she released her statement or whatever was to kind of feel bad for her. I was like, oh, Oh, yeah, there there is is so much scrutiny. And then I realized, like, no, you guys created this. Right. You know, there was Mm -hmm. not the standard of beauty Before the Kardashians, now everybody is getting surgery trying to look like them, and the BBLs and the liposuction, the liposculpting. um, I mean, they've done everything allegedly, but you know, each of them, like I could probably list at least like five or six surgeries just on their faces. So they've created this this standard of beauty, and I think that partially because of social media, it would have happened anyway, where, you know, you, you just have access to these people and, yeah. and so you want to look like them. Um, and and beauty standards change. And in the 90s, it was the thin supermodel like Kate Moss, you know, that were in the magazine. So I think it would have happened, period. But like, I I just can't, I can't, uh, empathize with her as a victim because they've done this and she's cr- and she's earned so much money they've created this empire out of it out mm-hmm. of making other women insecure you know it's yeah like, i'm just not sorry <laughs> well and
0: it's like on top of like the photo like she looks like amazing but yeah, she, she looks great she looks great and like on top of their like perfectly t- fine-tuned bodies uh they're also like fa- face tuning everything and filtering the shit out of, of everything and it's just created this like social media monster to some degree.
2: Yeah. And it's kind of sad because to think of the trauma that they put themselves through, Right, I've had some of these procedures, but like, especially with like liposculpting and, and like, I mean, jaw shaving and these complex eye surgeries. I mean, these are really traumatic things to go through. And then to do that and throw the cute baby face filter on because you still don't feel secure enough. Like, where does it end? I right don't know. At the end of the and day, that,
0: I'd just rather have my own face, like, yeah. <laughs> with its imperfections and, and all.
2: Yeah. I mean, I at the same time, like, I've had cosmetic procedures and I do enjoy doing that stuff. Um, so I kind of know, like, how, how tricky it can be. Um, and I think that's the scary thing about it is that I don't know where it ends with them. And, yeah, I thought that Chloe looked great. And, like, PR 101, she should have just not said anything. Totally. Nobody would have talked about it.
0: Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It's funny. We we kinda talk about it on the podcast, but like Chandler and I are totally pro. Like if you want to get a, a nip or a tuck done, I've had a procedure done that like totally changed my life. Chandler, oh, right? I was like, no a stranger. Nose, I got a nose job my freshman year in high school. Like we grew up in Orange County. So we're like definitely pro getting the your like areas that might bother you like taken care of. But it's just like, you know, it's it's moderation and like where does it end and when are you trying to give yourself an Instagram face versus just like fine tuning your own like original unique face?
2: Right. And I think the other thing with them is that they lie about it. And the thing with Kylie Jenner recently, where she was like talking about her two a day workouts or something (laughs) to like keep her body. It's like to, to send that message to her young followers is just so irresponsible. I mean, it's just so crazy. And I, I don't know if it would be better for them to say like, yeah, we've had work done because then their followers and younger people might want to do to, excuse me, might want to have work done it as well. Um, but I think to lie about it is just so wrong. Well, and think, to make people think that like working out twice a day could make them look like that. Right. I think it would be better if
0: they were open about it because about the procedures, because it then at the very least people wouldn't think, Oh, I just need to drink these avocado smoothies and do Pilates and then'll look like that. Like they wouldn't be like sold that lie.
2: Right. In my opinion. And, and drink Chloe's flat tummy tea.
4: Right. Oh my <laughs> gosh.
0: Well it's also interesting too because it's like I think that I think there's some validity to this. Like the Kardashians have absolutely, absolutely like Change the idea about you know the standard of beauty being like curvier is beautiful, like a like having curves, being not real thin, is also like a stunning look. So I think there's something so valuable there because not everyone is born obviously with the old standard of beauty, the Kate Moss vibe. But from the same token, the beauty standard they've that that they've introduced people to, it's also very much a surgically created body like like the look of a bbl in my opinion is not a natural look that you attain through squats right like it's just not
2: no because it's this big butt with like these little legs it just Mm -hmm. looks so weird i mean i'm sorry i think kim kardashian all of them are beautiful but i i think it's just so unnatural looking and you can get like a skinny bbl which is more natural or an athletic bbl um, but I think the BBL would not have been a thing were it not for Kim Kardashian. To and it's with. like
0: one of the most dangerous surgeries you can get.
2: Yeah. I saw this girl recently. I think she lived in Orange County, actually. And she went down to South America and she died.
0: Oh, oh my gosh. God. Why is it yeah, so dangerous? I didn't know that.
2: I think she had um, maybe like a fat embolism. I think the fat went into her blood. Oh, my
0: gosh. Yeah. That's
2: so scary. And yeah, she was good... Go she ahead. had a lot of work done already and she looked really pretty and it—that's just an example. It's like you just have to keep taking it further and further right. to what end, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. It's
0: such a slippery slope. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally. And I think it's just like so important to realize that, like, what you're like what you're witnessing on Instagram just is. Even though, like, yeah, the Kardashians have that shape, but Chloe's photo revealed, like, it's not reality. Like, everyone is using a Paris filter, everyone is using a filter, and no one is as hot as they are on their Instagram. And <laughs> unless, you know, they're purposefully taking shitty videos and bad lighting with no filter okay that's my disclaimer
2: do you ever listen to juicy scoop heather mcdonald yes we're We're obsessed obsessed. she i am too and she's like no i don't want to use a filter on instagram because i want to surprise people in person with how good i look like i want to look better (laughs) i want to look better in real life than i do on instagram oh
0: i wish i had that kind of courage i know
2: (laughs) i know but it is kind of like it does make sense though. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to look like flawless online and then have people meet me and be like, who is that person? You know, it's too much pressure.
0: For sure. Heather Dubrow says the same thing and she's always like filter free. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think it's, it's a good, it's definitely a good, it's a good goal to aspire to ladies of the world. I (laughs) I don't know.
2: (laughs) even with like Kendall, I don't know if you saw the video when she was sitting in front of a mirror and her waist kept glitching. Yes. And it was like, oh, like you are like a 5'11, like Amazon, mm-hmm. you know, thin model. Like w- that is just making the standard like so impossible to achieve. It's, a- it's impossible. Crazy. And like, I mean, there was a shoot that she did for Skims recently.
0: I don't know if you saw it where yeah. she was in like this little red bikini. <laughs> she and like her vagina, her vagina out. Yes. And I'm like, that is. So that, that to me is the most egregious crime of all. It's just like, oh, like now genitalia is even like, you know, it's not allowed to like to look normal at all. I mean, it's it's always been uh, a thing, but for her to do it, it's just, yeah. I thought the same
2: thing. And I was like thinking about how I would feel if I was like 13 or 14 years old or 15, even, you know, just, and seeing that and being Mm -hmm. like, well, what's wrong with me? Like, because I don't have a Barbie vagina. (laughs) Yes. Yes.
0: It's literally perpetuating that. And it's really sick in my opinion. And I think that that's why these like conversations and why it actually matters that, you know, when, when these like unrealistic standards are perpetuated, because there really are 13 year olds who are looking at these celebrities and they are not smart enough yet and don't have enough life Mm -hmm. experience enough yet to have the perspective that, you know, we both gained you and me, Ariel, when we, you know, were closer to 30 or 30, like I just turned 30 and, or Not just, it was actually last (laughs) July. I'm about to be 31, actually. (laughs) Um, Gosh. Um, Anyway, but like it takes a long time, I think, to kind of figure this stuff out. And so that's why it actually matters. Like I remember being so incredibly like thinking that taylor swift was so incredibly perfect looking and her body was amazing and i just like remember being so sad i wasn't as thin as her Mm -hmm. when i was a really young woman and i and like when she finally like said that she had an eating disorder and like got to a healthy weight and became more body positive like so much good is done in the world when people with influence do that
2: yeah no i totally agree I think she's had some work done recently, though. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, really? Like what?
2: Um, I don't know. Her, she just looks a little bit different. I'm not sure. I think she has over the years. I think she had a brow lift and an upper blepharoplasty, and I think she had a nose job, which, I mean, again, I support. Um, right. But as far as the body, yeah, I mean, I, I think the same thing. I, I think that. I just can't imagine how it would feel to be that young and have access to these people's lives day in, day out when none of it is really reality and the stuff mm-hmm. that is posted is the highlight reel and it's all so like deliberately contrived to look a certain way. Like I just, not to sound like old and like Pollyanna, I just think it must <laughs> be so hard, so hard. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I do not envy people who grew up with social media. Um, but kind of diverging from the body stuff and beauty stuff, I there's one thing about your life that I'm very jealous of. Um, and that is that you, because of your Hollywood connections, you can get a table at any time anywhere. This is something <laughs> you revealed on Instagram. Um, so I would like to ask you, let's, let's pretend fast, you know, let's pretend we're an imaginary universe. It's 7.30 PM on a Friday night, Saturday night. And you want a table at Nobu. What's this uh-huh. process? Walk us through this. Let us live vicariously through you.
2: <laughs> so I I would text my husband's assistant and have him call and make the reservation. <laughs> Very simple. Because, I mean, I have, and I think I talked about this on Instagram, I have called pretending to be his assistant once for a pair of shoes. <laughs> um. And I, and I, like, died afterwards inside. I was like, I can't do that ever again. Like, it just feels so weird. So I always have the assistant call, whether it's for, like, a hotel because Chuck is like, there's always a room. Like, always a room. Um, so he'll book a hotel, you know, a vacation, like, two days beforehand. So I'll have his assistant call for that or call for reservations, that kind of thing.
0: Well, okay. I have so many thoughts, so many questions. <laughs> um, first of all, how easy do you think it would be to call and pretend – for our listeners to be Chuck Laurie's assistant to also have this perk <laughs> in their lives.
2: <laughs> well, you know, it's so funny. After I did the thing where I called Louis Vuitton, this was a couple years ago when they had those arch light sneakers that first came yes. out. They're really ugly. Like ten shoes on. Um, and it's, yeah, it must have been like three, four years ago, maybe before we even got married and I couldn't get them anywhere. And so I called and I said he was his, I was his assistant and that I wanted to get them for his girlfriend or whatever. And they were like, Oh, what size is he? And I'm like, Oh, or what size is she? And I said, Oh, hold on, let me go in her closet and check. I'm like talking about myself (laughs) as if I'm not myself. It was was just awful. And then (sighs) I told Chuck afterwards, and he was like, I think that's hilarious. Because like, how do they even know? He's like, what, you could call and say you're George Clooney's assistant, like, it doesn't matter. So I don't know how they would verify that. So if anybody wants to call... Try and get a pair of shoes, or try and get a table. <laughs> go for it.
0: That's amazing. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. We just, yeah, wow. What a perk listening to pop apologists. You're welcome. <laughs> like Insider scoop totally wait does it drive you crazy okay so I'm sorry but I'm having a little bit of like I have to address this because my fiance is very anti-plans like he doesn't if I ask him what do you want to do for dinner and it's two o'clock he's like I'm not hungry yet what do you what do you mean like he can't make plans in advance drives me crazy anyway have you been able to acclimate to not booking hotels till two days in advance or is this still giving anxiety <laughs>
2: It gives me so much anxiety. And I actually always thought that I was like this go with the flow, like very spontaneous person until I got in a relationship with Chuck because he will... I mean, I think we booked a trip to Africa like two weeks before we went, like a three week trip to Africa. Like who does that? That is so stressful for me. I cannot, I can't live that way. Now I'm getting a little bit better about it because I have seen the process like time and time again, like it always works out. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think the reason that he's like that is because he is so laser focused on his work. He's compartmentalizing he can only focus on one thing at a time and like this past season for example he wrote and produced 100 tv shows which is insane i mean a regular a regular season is like 22 episodes tops so he really doesn't have like the bandwidth for anything else especially like planning a vacation and he can't put himself in a position where he's like oh yeah i want to go on a trip in three months because he just cannot think that far ahead Mm, so it has to be more of like a live in the moment kind of thing Mm -hmm. um so I have acclimated a little bit but I still yeah I'm still a planner like I need things to be in place otherwise I get so anxious
0: yeah totally I'm the exact same way so another question I had is you obviously love traveling love going on trips do you have a favorite like destination or maybe something that like that isn't on everyone's you know list to go to like any tips for the hot new places to go
2: we went to Vietnam a few years ago like before it was getting kind of trendy and that is hands down my favorite place in the world really yeah it was amazing I think we also just did it in this really unique way where we went on like a luxury bike trip so we were biking like we were biking like 30 miles a day throughout all these different cities and countrysides we started in the north and then ended in the south and we would like go to people's houses for dinner and like, we were just so immersed in the culture, but then we would go stay at like five-star resorts at night, you know, like hotels. Um,
0: I'm into that. So it was
2: this really like cultural thing, but it was also pretty cushy. And the country, the food, the people, everything was just amazing. We went to a place called Nha which is, feels like an island, but it's more of a peninsula. Um, and it felt like we were in like a deserted island I mean it was heaven it was so beautiful so that would be one another place that we went to this is kind of on the map but it's called Lucala L-A-U-C-A-L-A it's a private island in Fiji owned by the guy who owns Red Bull oh wow and it is unreal like absolutely unreal I think they said like Oprah goes there all the time um when we were there Ryan Seacrest was there and we had dinner with him and his girlfriends. This like three years ago or four years ago and a couple other like celebrities. And that is amazing as well because the whole island is a resort, but it's like sprawling. Oh. And they have, we stayed in something called the Peninsula Suite, which was like a suite built into the side of the peninsula. Like it sounds like oh with all these different levels, like open air, indoor, outdoor, like two pools. I mean, it was crazy. So that would be another spot that might not be on people's radars.
0: Oh, my gosh. These are such good tips. Thank you so much. Like, I, I'm I'm trying to figure out where to honeymoon, and so I'm going to look those up. That sounds incredible.
2: <laughs> yeah, Luke Hall is amazing.
0: Okay, another Hollywood-adjacent question I have for you is, can you tell us more about the secret underground Hollywood sex parties that you alluded to <laughs> on an Instagram Q&A? <laughs>
2: um Have you been to them? What's your favorite one? Do I, have, I go together? I have not been to them. I actually want to. I want to be in like an eyes wide shut situation, um, just to kind of Wait. like. Have you guys seen oh, ahead, movie go.
0: No, I was like, I don't know what that is. I know that we oh. weren't allowed to see it. Our mom was like, and you're never seeing eyes wide shut. <laughs> and so I don't know what happened in the situation.
2: Oh, it's pretty juicy. I haven't watched it in a while, but it's pretty good. It's like Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman. I don't remember the details, but they would go to these like sex parties where they would be in they would be like masked and like dresses. You know, it was very like upscale. Um, and I can't remember exactly when when what went down, but that's kind of what I pictured. Mm-hmm. So no, I have not been to one. I've heard of various ones, and I've heard of certain celebrities that you would not expect that like to go to them. Mm. But that's all I can really say. <laughs>
0: Interesting. Okay. And okay. So, another, I guess, celebrity question then, if we can't divulge who's going to the sex parties um, <laughs> on the Pop Apologist podcast, I understand. <laughs>
4: um,
0: but another celebrity question is basically, like, how, what's your experience been like being, um, being Chuck's wife in these situations, are people, like, nice to you? Are people, like, rude and they, like, basically are only interested in, like, whoever's the most powerful person in the room? Like, I would love to hear about, like, celebrities in person and how they treat other people.
2: Mm-hmm. So I think it kind of depends. The celebrities on his shows and that know him, they've all been very friendly to me always – Obviously, you know, I don't think that they could get away with being rude or they could, but they just wouldn't do it because of their relationship with him. Right. Um, But at award shows and events and stuff where I meet people who might not know, um, for the most part, they're nice. There have been times where I've gone up and introduced myself and they either see that I'm with him or they don't know who I am at all and who I'm associated with. And they've been very rude. Interesting. Um, yeah, I actually did this podcast that's coming out next week. I don't know when this is coming out, but I was talking about this and I gave a blind item about this when I went to an award show and I was like super friendly. We went up to this table and they had all these people from this from actually I think there were two shows that were sitting there. And I was with Chuck and I walked up and he was saying hi to some people and I was saying hi to others. And then I saw this woman sitting there and I recognized her, of course. And I was like, hi. And I went up to her and put my hand out to like shake her hand and introduce myself. And she just sat there and like looked me up and down and was like, <laughs> oh, <my laughs> didn't gosh. say anything. It was so awkward. So, so awkward. Ugh. Um but again, oh like, my I gosh, I get that vibe, though, especially at award shows, when I think everybody's like sizing each other up, like, what is she wearing, you know, mm-hmm. um, where there's just some cattiness, you know, I think for the most part, like people are pretty friendly, but there is this underlying, like competition or insecurity, I think sometimes and that comes out as rudeness.
0: I always, what I think is super interesting about that story is like, I, you know, when you hear about a celebrity being like, like frustrated at a restaurant or like rude to the hostess or something, it's like, I kind of always want to give people the benefit of the doubt because sometimes you can get frustrated and like, not everyone is like always a saint at all times and people have their moments. But to literally just look at someone and not like return, like, that's just such a, I can't even imagine. Like, what was going on internally to make that person do that? That's like wild.
2: Yeah, I know. I don't understand either. And I think, you know, the things that you read on like Dumois or other places mm-hmm. about somebody being rude. Yeah, I think, you know, we all have bad days at the same time. I kind of feel like we all have bad days, but it's not like hard to be. Mm -hmm. but at the same time like I don't have the experience of like being followed everywhere I go and having like everybody want to like want something from me and want a picture or want to talk to me or whatever um and same thing like when I say that I think there's this underlying kind of tone of insecurity and competition like I don't think I'm competing with these people you know I'm not an actress and I'm not even in their industry so um when it came to that situation yeah it was just like blatantly very very rude and I just cannot understand like where that comes from because I would never do that you know
0: I mean it just has to come from a place of insecurity and I think that what's interesting and like something that you said was um that Hollywood is essentially like high school and like everyone is sizing each other up and comparing themselves and am I you know am I in as incredible of, an ad- of a dress was I in as critically acclaimed of a show or a movie as this person et cetera, et cetera. like whoever your reference group is like really impacts your self-esteem unless you're like I guess more of an evolved person it's interesting like one of the um I follow this woman on Instagram she's a famous model who um is like now like 55 and she was super famous back in the day don't really want to say her name because I'm gonna kind of say what I really think but it's sad because she's literally so like probably one of the most beautiful people ever in her prime and still a stunning woman and she is so incredibly depressed. Like really? she keeps talking about how depressed she is and how like sad it is to get older as a woman and like how when she was a model, she was always comparing herself to other models and like my calf isn't as thin as this girl's calf oh my gosh. and like like they're always like everyone is sizing themselves up in such a they're comparing themselves in such an intense way and so i think it's a good lesson like you look at these people and they seem like they're on top of the world but their internal experience could be
2: totally different totally and i think that hollywood in general is kind of i think i think there's just a lot of fear i think that like fear drives a lot of these people's careers because you get one job and you don't know when you're going to get the next
1: mm-hmm. and
2: especially for women like well, after I turn 30, am I going to be irrelevant and start being hired to be like the grandmother or like not being hired at all, you know? So I think that from that fear, probably yeah. that that's probably what kind of fosters this like insecurity and competition because everybody else is kind of your competition. Totally.
0: Um, okay. I have, I have to ask you this because um, I'm very curious. Chandler and I are very famous on this podcast for saying that working, we are, we believe that working hard actually kind of sucks and we prefer to work <laughs> soft in life. And we're not that interested in becoming like boss babes. Um, and one of the things about you is that in addition to having your podcast, which is so much work, it's crazy. And then having your influencing business, we have a sister as an influencer. It's so much work. It's crazy. In addition to that, you also have pulled a Kim K on us and are going <laughs> back to school. So I would love to hear how school is going and, and basically how, how you're doing all of this.
2: It was actually too much boss babing for me. (laughs) So yeah, so I went back to school last year and I was like, you know, I think that I want to like go to medical school or like become an RD. And I think some of that came from the fact that I didn't finish when I was still doing drugs and alcohol. And so there was just this kind of like unfinished thing. And then I think the other part of me was also kind of inspired by a lot of the guests that I've had on Mm -hmm. and also felt like, so I think it came from a good place. And I think part of it also came from a place of feeling like I had to achieve a certain thing in order to be able to have these conversations with them or like be allowed in that room, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, Which I didn't realize until, so I did like 10 classes last year, something crazy. And in December and January, when I came up for air, I was like, holy shit, <laughs> that was so hard. I mean, so hard because the podcast itself, you know, I spend probably, I don't know, I want to say like 25, 30 hours, all, like when all is said and done per week, sometimes yep. more, sometimes a little less. And that's just the podcast. Like the Instagram is extremely time consuming, not just posting day-to-day content, but, you know, tons of campaigns coming up and everything has to be shot beforehand. And I have a couple big projects coming out. And so like working on those and then all of the other kind of minutiae that comes along with it. I mean, it's a lot to deal with. And so last year when I was in school, I kind of had to say no to everything. And I was like barely keeping my podcast afloat. Um, And so when I had a break, I was like, oh my God, I don't know if I can do that again. And of course, we were talking about going back to school in person this year. Last year, I was doing everything online because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And talking about going in person, I was going to be transferring. And so I really was at a point where I was going to have to commit to like wherever I was going to go, I was going to be there. In you know, person, either like, in another out. time yeah. suck.
0: Yeah. yeah. Commuting yeah. and all of that.
2: Yeah, and I was like, I don't know how to do both. And at that same time, not to like go on a long winded long winded thing, but at the same time I was able to say yes to things at work and I just had so much coming my way
4: mm-hmm.
2: um as far as opportunities went. And so I was like, I really have to make a decision here. And I did not know what to do. I was like Felt like I was going a little bit crazy. Cause I was like, I can see it going both ways. And I really did want to finish school. I still do. I still am taking classes just at like my own pace. Yeah. Um, and I'm not setting these like crazy lofty goals anymore. I'm kind of just seeing where it takes me. But you know, I, I realized like at the same time I worked so hard to get where I am now with the podcast and the Instagram and everything. And I think I was getting caught up in the stigma of like being a quote-unquote influencer. So there's a lot of like internal stuff going into mm-hmm. it as well. And I had to kind of reckon with that and be like D- do I want my ego to drive this? Right. Or right, mm-hmm. do I want to like open my eyes to what's happening and I had a girlfriend being like, "Look at what's happening around you. Like this is everything you've worked for, you know, yeah, and it's right. all like the momentum is picking up and it's it's all amazing stuff and do I want to sacrifice that?" To change my career? Mm-hmm. And the answer to that was no. So I, I I feel the biggest sense of relief to hear this because it was exhausting <laughs> to watch.
0: And also, it's so funny. I, we got this DM from this girl the other day and she was like, Yeah, I'm an OBGYN. Every day I dream about quitting my job. Like, <laughs> there are so many doctors who want to be doing what you do, which <laughs> is like having to have this glamorous career and then also having like the space and the free time and a monetizable way of exploring ideas and mm-hmm. getting smarter on your podcast and learning and all of that. So I am so glad you've come to this realization. <laughs> I'll always support you no matter what, but
2: it's a relief for well, me. Thank you. You know, it's funny because when I had time off too and I was kind of like grappling with this decision, I went to see a doctor um, who I really, really respect. And I hadn't seen him in, like, years, and he was asking me what I'm up to, and I was like, yeah, you know, I went back to school, and I think I might want to do the medical thing, and he looked at me, <laughs> his face was, like, his face dropped, and he was like, no, you do not, <laughs> like, no, you do not, why, like, don't do it, and that was kind of shocking to me, because I thought that, like, every doctor would be like, yes, you know, cheerleader, um, totally. but yeah. It it was a lot. And I mean, I kind of felt like, ugh, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not going to go there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I just want to say that I think like I'm a person who very much can throw themselves into new hobbies, new like obsessions, very intensely and very publicly. Like I like sharing whatever I'm interested in, and I think some people are really afraid to do that because they mm-hmm. always want to be seen as like they committed and succeeded at mm-hmm. everything they did. And I actually think one of the best things in life is to like try a lot of different things and figure out what you're doing. And I think like I think it's a cool example of being of like showing people like hey like this worked for a season It. I made a decision not to do it. And, and like, there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, we should all be doing that as much as possible in life. Right.
2: Yeah. Ultimately, I'm so, so glad that I did it because for the past seven years, since I got sober, I've had this little like voice in my head, you know, I've had this like sliver of doubt being like, maybe I want to go that route. I just, it was kind of always a dream. And then, you know, I started doing this. And so I put it on the back burner, but I always had that doubt creeping in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I busted my ass last year and I took so many classes and so many hard classes. After like science not classes. In, yeah. Like science and advanced so math boring. after not taking it since like oh high my school. Goodness. Um, I mean, it was literally 6 a.m. every day until like 10 o'clock at night. It was crazy. And I got a 4.0, and I was like, oh my gosh, you know maybe I had to prove to myself that I could do it and like to realize that, like, I don't want that life. <laughs> totally. Like, I can,
0: but I'm not going to. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs>
0: Okay, I think that's a good maybe note to, to conclude with our listeners. Try a lot of different things. And if you're in medical school, consider quitting um, <laughs> because you might hate it. Um, anyway, no, just kidding. We support all of our listeners no matter what they're doing in life. Um, and Ariel, thank you so much for coming on.
2: Thank you guys for having me.
0: This was so absolutely fun. Um, okay, you guys, you have to check out the Blonde Files podcast. It's so great. Ariel, her life is so interesting. We just barely scratched the surface. She interviews so many amazing guests. Um, and then they can find you at Ariel Laurie on Instagram and the Blonde Files podcast,
2: right? Yeah, Ariel Laurie on Instagram, the Blonde Files podcast on Instagram, and theblondefiles.com. But they can just find everything from my main Instagram. Perfect.
0: Perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you guys. That's all for now, folks. Don't forget, give us a five star review. Hit us up on Instagram at Pop Apologists. And we will see you next week, live every Wednesday.